0: All right, we're gonna try this again. I don't know if I lost my um, lost my cell or or what happened here. So somebody had put a comment up that they had lost my audio or video or something. I'm not sure what happened. So we're gonna give this thing another go. Now we're gonna be discussing driver mental health tonight with uh, Jason Jaybird Holloways. Kind of got a vision of some things he wants to do. So we're gonna try this again. I don't know what happened. But he's going to address it more from the uh, perspective of uh, he's got a vision to get some things going with with dispatchers and operations managers or fleet managers or whatever you want to call it. So as soon as he gets tuned tuned back in here, um, I don't know who's already watching. I know i got four viewers here right now, so everybody make a comment of who's here. I know Andrew Irwin was up in North Dakota. I'm guessing Robert is uh, still healing up from his little uh, little mishap. And I know J Bird was uh on here and I don't know what happened. So give you five. All right. Why well, Brandy Lewis Hamilton? Good to see you tuned in. You're picking the right night to tune in. We're gonna talk about dry, about mental health tonight. The experts. All experts is all we bring on here. People that know about it firsthand. Anyway, uh I'm uh on my way on another buying trip right now. Got a good start today. Picked up a few cattle before I blasted off. It's going to be a long week. Uh, looks like I'll be back Friday. Tyler, hopefully I can get the elusive Tyler Novak to join me here next week. He's got a lot going on right now. They're getting ready for a cattle show this weekend. I know he's done uh, several with uh, with uh, Brandy, with the Hamilton family, and uh, Adam Stump. He's doing a lot of doing a lot of grooming hair and nails is basically what it is. So, you know, anybody who's friends with him or anything like that on Facebook, um, uh, it can give him a little bit of grief about, about, uh, doing hair and nails. That's what the big joke is there in the, do that to you after a while, Robert, hopefully everything turns out okay on the, uh, pins with your hand. I know you've, uh, you've been struggling for almost a month and a half now after your, uh, after your incident over in Indiana, so I'm just I'm glad you're still here. I know it was a a pretty pretty bad situation. Okay, J Bird, I'm gonna try to bring you on right now. Well, what the heck is going on? You might have to drop out, Inky. You may have to drop out and come back in. I it's not showing me a way to uh, to add you right now, so Not sure what in the world is going on now. I'm the one with technical problems. But anyway, your headset malfunction, now it's caused me to uh, malfunction. I can't even add you. All I can do is delete you right now or block you. So I'm not really sure what the heck is going on. Uh, Jaybird, drop back out and come back in. I'll see if it comes back up with um, adding you into the into everything here so yeah hold on for a second yeah i can't do a do a request to join jason um that's the only way i'm going to be able to bring you on because uh i'm not sure what's going on so request to join join the video then i can add you that way um i know a lot of y'all are way out west there wyoming montana they're on fall run western nebraska all the cattle coming off of uh Coming off the rangeland right now, the weather's getting pretty bad out there. I know uh, southwest or southeast Wyoming got thumped again pretty hard. I know that out there around uh, Cheyenne to Laramie, the interstate's just been absolutely horrible. So hopefully, uh, Andy, you're doing all right up there in North Dakota out ahead of it right now. So try to figure out what is going on. I am technically challenged right now. Jason, if you're still there, try to uh, do a request to join, and I'll uh, get you brought in here. I, I don't know why it's not allowing me to do it. It's only... Hmm. I'm only showing one smiley face up here, and I don't know what's going on. Me and technology aren't the best friends anymore. Hard to believe that I used to be a uh, communications guy, and I'm not real sure what's going on, but... I really want to uh, bring Jason on here, so I'm not sure if anybody can hear me. Jason, uh do a request to uh come on if you would or drop out and then come back in. It should um it should um allow you to come in here if you would. I really wanna really want to get you on here. So and I know Robert Robert, a lot of this stuff uh you'll probably be able to I uh, want to get you together with um with Jason at some point too. You can give him some input, you know, as far as um, some of the things you've dealt with, things that he wants to address. I don't know what in the world is going on. I'm about ready to, uh... you yeah, know, I need, I need Jason to drop out and then come back in here. It's the only way I'm going to be able to add him. There's Doug Edwards joining in right now. We're having some technical difficulties. I think the old uh, Jaybird is having problems here trying to get added. I did see a picture of your truck there. Doug, uh, good old Ryan Bonehead, got a shot of you riding dirty again, just like I did uh, a few weeks ago when I saw you going up to Matt Weikert's. So anyway, big shout out to all y'all out there tonight, rolling the big roads or whatever else you're doing tonight or taking time out to join me on here. I'm going to go ahead and give the, uh, give our sponsor, Davy Crockett Travel Center down in Blytheville, Tennessee, a, a shout out. Thank them for sponsoring us i'm not sure uh, i can't i don't know what's going on here bringing jason in but anyway down at the uh, davy crockett we'll go ahead and give them a shout out for what they do for us here chrome and steel radio um they got a full service truck stop down there pretty good ta it's a family owned mom and pop so make sure if you're down there around exit 29 down there around greenville tennessee um you stop in say hello tell them chrome and steel sent you maybe uh stop in there and get yourself some Dunkin' donuts or Papa John's pizza. And I think they've got some kind of special that always goes on down there if you buy fuel and I'm not sure if the Blue Plate Diner is still open for the year or or what. So anyway, Jason, I'm still waiting on you to uh, try to come back in again. I know you were on your way home, you got called into work or something and you were trying to get some things taken care of, so I'm trying to be patient here, but anyway, what what I guess I'll uh, kind of delve into it here a little bit. Jason's kind of got a vision of uh, being a, a veteran that's suffered from depression himself. And we all know that, that uh, depression and mental health is kind of a big deal out here in the trucking industry. All the hours and miles and days and weeks and months that we spend alone out here on the road, it can really start to wear on you. And even the most minor of problems that, um, that seem like it could be a minor problem usually turns into a molehill because we're separated from our families,'re missing family events and everything else. And what Jason what Jason is wanting to do is get some, a type of an awareness deal so he can educate dispatchers, fleet managers, operations managers, um, kind of give them some training on how to um, how to recognize a problem. you know you got a hard charger out here. it's one thing to be out here running your tail off. Busting it out up and down the road, day in, day out, week in, week out, and you know, all of a sudden, the guy goes into a slump, for lack of better words, and he's kind of got a calling or a desire that he wants to um, try to get something going to educate, you know, the the people that that go home every night, the people that work there eight to ten hours a day, whatever they're working in the office, to where they can develop a relationship with that, with us as drivers out here. <clears throat> So if they see a change in somebody's personality or feel that there might be a problem, you know, somebody says they're actually wore out, tired, they need to go home, maybe they start listening. We're not talking about the new the newbies. This is kind of aimed more at the guys that have been out here, the seasoned veterans, like uh, pretty much everybody that's tuned in here right now. Um, uh, Jake, no, I did not get out of Ohio. Before I stop, because my first stop is still in Ohio. So, thank you very much. Signed, Justin Evans. He's got to bust my chops, so don't be busting my chops. I know where you are, and I'm not going to divulge that. But I will be out of the Buckeye at some point here. Um, My goodness. I don't know what in the world happened to Jason. But anyway, going back to Tyler here a little bit. He's going to be uh, out in... Eastern Ohio, right around Zanesville, around the 152, there's a jackpot show. He's not going to be taking his own heifer, but he's going to be out there doing the hair and nail deals, getting everybody else's stock ready to go. So, And then I believe sometime in November, around the 16th, he's going to be down in Louisville at the uh, Kentucky Expo Center down there for the big North American International Livestock Expo, doing a bunch of hair and nail down down there for some people. Uh, it changes your perspective of the whole Kentucky Expo Center. It's uh, quite quite humorous um, to think, you know, we go down there for a truck show and like the West Wing, for example, or the uh, Freedom Center, the um, the West Wing, we always see it, you know, as truck drivers who go down there for the Mid-American Truck Show. And that is nothing but, you know, perfectly spotless with all the booths set up, all the vendors, all the all the carriers as well as vendors that set up in there it's quite humorous to think that for almost the whole whole month of November that is set up to handle nothing but livestock um, the the big hall where the where the manufacturers are at that's usually sheep goats, horses and what have you and then the West wing is typically your big stock livestock different types of cattle, feeder cattle, dairy cattle and um, it's amazing. That they can get that place cleaned up and get rid of the smells out of that place after having cattle in there for a month. I mean, big shout out to the people down there that take care of that. But it changes your whole perspective of uh, what what all they do down there to uh, get everything done. Uh, Chuck Graves, thanks for tuning in. Um, hey all, I don't know, don't know where you're at or if you're overseas or here in the United States. So welcome. That that's right. Getting Robert. Take him a blow dryer and a pair of clippers and a can of hairspray. That's all he needs. You just get with him on that deal. Um, I'm not sure where Inky is, but anyway, I'm trying not to play too much of a spoiler here. I really want to get him on here so we can discuss all this, but he sh- should be. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he's not going to be able to make it. So, Illinois, what part of Illinois are you at? And. What type of freight do you run? I know a lot of these other guys on here. We got one guy that is a bull hauler trainee is tuned in. Uh, Jake Sparks. I actually work with him. Robert's a reefer dragger. Uh, who else we got? Well, we got Andy Andy Irwin. He's part-time. Uh, Randy Bill, hello from uh, Alabama. Uh, Doug Edwards, he's a bucket boy up in Ohio. I know Jay Bird is a... Uh, is a uh, car hauler brandy is a uh, is an office worker at a bank so anyway i think right now well since this is kind of going out the window because somebody's equipment not mine austin lee welcome from it indiana i think right now i'm going to kind of divulge a little bit of something i've got in the works right now I, for those of you that don't know i'm also on the uh, oh you're getting fuel in illinois i got gotcha. you um for those of you that that aren't that that don't know a whole lot about me, there it is. I'm going to bring Jay Bird on here right now. All right, I'm adding him in right now. Heavy haul for the state. Got gotcha. you, Robert. He is he going to be at the fairgrounds, uh, Clark County? Yep. I just tried to add you. I don't know what is going on here. It's attempting to add you right now. Let's see if you come in. There it is, Jason. Oh, there we are. All righty, what a deal! Anyway, I kind of gave a little bit of a little bit of what your vision was. Um, Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself first of all? We got we got a few people turned in here right now. We got some reefer guys. We got some heavy equipment haulers. We got a bull hauler or two in here. Reefer, like I said, introduced you as a car car hauler. We've got a bank executive tuned in tonight. Uh, In fact, it is a. you know the young lady that you always see pictures with, with Tyler. Yeah, that's who Brandy Hamilton is. She's actually tuned in here, so feel feel you feel free to feel free to uh, rib the old Tyler here in a little bit. But anyway, why don't you take this time to uh, go ahead and introduce yourself and what you're envisioning and your background and kind of what what is uh, what has inspired you to uh, get involved with this stuff for uh, for. Uh, driver mental health
1: well first off i'd like to say sorry about my tardiness do a little shout out our shout out's okay
0: oh obviously anybody who's tuned in here or, you know you want to give a shout out to the gang out there in the in the in the group the veterans group feel free to do it i don't know who all's in here so
1: anybody so i was doing a uh, little veteran outdoors uh group tonight and uh, that's why i'm a little late so What I'd like to talk about tonight is the mental health crisis, which is not being addressed properly in the trucking industry. Because as we all know, those of us who have spent multitude of years, and even the newer guys who have spent two, five, whatever years in the trucking industry, you know, trucking is one of the most lonely occupations there is Um, I know Jerry's been trucking since I think they were moving wood uh, Timbers with Noah's Ark so he understands trucking Um, I have close to 20 years in the trucking industry when we started trucking we were on our own we did what we wanted when we wanted, how we wanted, and uh, we wrote notes down on paper as to where we had to go.
0: It's funny you bring that up. I was I was going through some uh, some of my a junk box of accumulated stuff that seems to show up, and I found a notebook that, thank goodness for cell phones. This was once cell phones come along, but before GPSs became a whole used a whole lot as well as before. Google maps, went through a notebook, phone, phone numbers, written down directions, the old school way of getting somewhere before we had the luxury of Google maps, Google earth and everything else. So, you know, for, for all the negatives (laughs) that we dislike about, about the trucking industry, it, there are a few good things that have come because of technology. But anyway, I, I had to, I had to throw that in there.
1: My greatest story, so I was driving about two or three years, walked in old boy's office. I said, hey, are you hiring? He said, yeah, I'm hiring. Can you be in Amarillo in two hours? <laughs> I said, sure. He goes, can you be in Amarillo? I mean, uh, Long Beach, California in the morning, which is, you know, probably about 15, 16 hours. Yeah, I finished four That man. was – that was the trucking industry when we grew up. The trucking industry was, you got a little post-it note, or you took a little note on a pad, and that was your direction. Um, well where the, the trucking industry, and a the trucking industry has come today, is computers, Qualcomm's. Uh, now we have e-logs, and what we're looking at is an entire breed of different truck drivers. In our day, we were just turned loose. Yep. We didn't have instruction. We didn't have driving schools. We didn't have the industry experts. We were the experts. Whatever we learned along the way, that's what, That's how we drive today. Yeah,
0: we, 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 we actually learned a lot of what we did right there at the counter in the diner, not looking at our phone. We learned it from the guy sitting next to us in the diner across the table. That guy was a perfect stranger.
1: Yeah. So today's trucking industry is we drive today and we have a team of people who we rely on versus what we grew up, me and you and various handful of other people grew up on was we relied on their knowledge. Yep. And we don't have that today. We have dispatchers who go to college. They have four years of college. They come into the industry. They have zero knowledge of the trucking industry. They don't know what it's like to miss birthdays. They don't know what it's like to uh, Miss Christmas. They don't know what it's like to sleep in ten degree weather because your bunker heater don't work. That's beyond them. Um, so what that creates is a society of young drivers who are not politically correct. They're coddled. And when you create that society of drivers, they rely on all this technology. They get to a truck stop six, eight, nine o'clock at night and they're alone. They, their families don't understand why they do what they do. Uh, their loved ones, their wife, doesn't understand why they're not there for their kids' birthdays. They don't understand why we do what we do. And that's hard on that driver. And that causes a mental breakdown. I've seen it.
0: I think it's also a disconnect. They, They rely so much on technology, right down to the fleet manager, dispatcher, for the most part. The, dispatch, the the majority of the dispatchers for the big companies where you're just a number. There's no human interaction. They want to send an email through Qualcomm or whatever, and that's the only intera- interaction they have. They don't take time to get to know these drivers, the people that they're responsible for, that their lives are in their hands, that load, their families, what yes. they do to fix their families. There's a disconnect because of the technology.
1: And Robert just made a good point is today's drivers are dependent upon it, what the little box on their dash tells them to do. When to eat, when to sleep, when to get up, when to deliver. Um, Today's society, we use e-logs where the driver is told what to do, 24 seven. And what that creates What that has created is an industry that no longer cares about the driver. And that is, in its own accord, a very, very bad industry. Because if you are no longer allowed to think for yourself, you stop thinking for yourself. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And when you stop thinking for yourself and everything you do is told, you're sitting in a bunk doing a restart 2,000 miles away from your home by yourself and you wake up in the morning and you're alone. You eat breakfast alone. You drive alone. Um, It's hard. Mm -hmm. I I am fortunate where I'm at today, where I'm home every night. Like, I'm home right now. Right. And, uh, you know, 10 years ago, we didn't have that. And there's drivers out there that don't have that. They don't understand that... There's something beyond trucking, which is family. Yep. And while we're on the road, you know, the over the road guys, they are by themselves with their thoughts. And that is what creates the mental health crisis that we're looking at today.
0: Oh yeah. Without a doubt. You're alone with your thoughts. And I mean, you, you get in a funk like that; it, it, it's a dangerous place to be. I know my own mind is a dangerous place to be. You can ask the guys I work with when they get inside. My, I don't mean inside my head, but when I start letting my thoughts get away from me, you know, it's it could uh, it can get ugly at times. And I know you've been guilty of the same thing at times.
1: We all oh, have. Yeah. So, a little bit of background. I don't know if you told them this. About 10 years ago, we started Milepost 22.
0: Yep. No, I didn't bring it up. I, I wouldn't let you do that. We net your deal, so I didn't want to divulge everything.
1: So, Milepost 22 is a trucking organization created by myself and Steve Dedevo. And we have Jesse Betts, another admin guy, who have a number of years driving. And we take veterans who are in the trucking industry and we, we kind of guide them along the way, give them industry points. Uh, guys text us or post stuff about how do I do with this or, hey, I'm having this issue. And in 10 years, we've had, I believe, six guys, veterans who has sent us messages at 10 o'clock, two o'clock in the morning of, I am done. I'm checking out. I'm gonna be the part of the 22. And uh, the 22 is 22 veterans who kill themselves every day. That's the industry or the numbers of veteran suicides. And we started Mob Push 22 because anybody, any day of the week, no matter who you are, if you commit suicide, that was preventable. Mm -hmm. Um, Talking to people about suicide is a taboo. It's something we don't do. It's something that we don't look at, we don't talk about, we don't focus on. The industry does not care about the truck driver and their mental status.
0: It's like Robert just said right here. Most company to most companies, we're an expendable commodity because there's where there's one, there's there's ten more drivers.
1: Yeah. And uh, so what I want to do is speak to the industry on where we can go from this point. Where we are, which is number four in the nation of suicides, top four in the nation, truck drivers. Uh, You're talking military, police officers, firefighters, and truck drivers. Top four suicides in the nation. That is a number that is preventable, it's a number that should never occur or be even something we should be talking about because it shouldn't be happening. Mm -hmm. Um, Mental health is real. Depression is real. Suicide is very real. We see it every day in the media. Um, In 2012, a member of the Steelman group who you drove for I never drove for Steelman. Jesse still drove oh, for Steelman. Yeah, yeah Jesse did. Uh, a driver posted on the Steelman page one night, late at night, uh, his farewell on the Steelman page. Wow. And 10 minutes later, he shot himself. You know, to me, that is heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Any, any truck driver who is thousands of miles away from home and shoots himself in the head at a truck stop because he's alone is not cool. Um, last February, a father shot himself in the head at a truck stop. In 24 hours, his son, who was thousand or so miles away from his dad, driving a truck, the same pretense, shot himself in the head within 24 hours. Father and son committed suicide. And the sad part is, go ahead. That's not talked about.
0: No, it's not, and there. I guarantee you there were signs out there, their dispatcher or whoever should have picked up on that kind of stuff if somebody was depressed that bad. But they don't feel like they've got anybody to talk to. That's, that's the problem and nobody picked, I kind of addressed that before you came on that, you know, that, that's kind of what your vision is, is not so much, yes, we need to uh, address it, and watch out for each other. But the big thing is, is these carriers, dispatchers, operations managers, fleet managers, Whatever you want to call them, they need to get to know their drivers that are under their under their watch, so they can pick up on these things if there's a problem, and that that's that's what's lacking, I think, to where they could head that off and get get them
1: help if they need it. So, what I would like to do is I would like to educate the management side of the house, Mm -mm. Uh, dispatchers, lead dispatchers, safety, and up to the president of a company. Because what it falls down on, literally what it falls down to is the president of the company is responsible for their truck driver. Just like if you went to work at Dell, and you were on the job, and something happens to you. That president is responsible for what happens to you on that job. The trucking industry, in a whole, is responsible for every truck driver, all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. In the old days, when me and you were driving, before all this technology, if we called in and said we were tired, or we weren't feeling good, or we weren't up to par, I hope that load's there at 8 o'clock in the morning. The problem is, pretty much
0: everybody that's tuned into this right now, we're still that way, as much as we can do it, because we've just... We've learned to deal with that type of stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's how we were raised. Yep. That's the era we were raised in.
1: But what they've done is created a society where we're relying upon our management team. And our management team is whoever we're driving for at the time. And. Like I said, you're you're talking to a guy who has never been on the road, he's never been away from his family, he went to college and hired on as management. Yep. And he he don't know diddly about even what it's like to sleep
0: away from home. Yeah, or sleep on an on ramp or in a rest area. And use public bathrooms all day long, your whole life. Yeah. Treat, it like, a, treat know, it like a dog.
1: Or get a shower at a truck stop and get your food at truck stops and, you know, sit alone at a booth because you really don't know anybody who's there and you're just there by yourself alone with your thoughts again. Alone with your thoughts. And that's, I keep saying this, alone with your thoughts. Alone with your thoughts. Because truck drivers, that's all we do. That's all we know. And it's a very, very sad statistic. Mm -hmm. A uh, good friend of mine I won't say their name or who she works for is a uh, VP at a large trucking company and when when I brought this kind of question out she stated that I have no idea how many phone calls they get of drivers mental health And I kind of broached the subject I brought it up to her and said, okay, what do we do? And she said, I have no idea. I don't even know how to deal with that. So if a vice president of a pretty good sized trucking company, doesn't know how to deal with mental health, when your driver says uh, you know I think I'm going to kill myself tonight I mean I wouldn't know as a manager how to deal with that if I wasn't in the chair so that's where we're at that's where we sit that's topic we're on tonight Um, a lot of truck drivers are tuning in and I know they have some good feedback and that's where we're gonna go you know first off we have to find out what the driver needs what are these drivers looking for what are these drivers expecting from management And that's where we move forward. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, th- this,
0: is, this is why, you know, I'd made a suggestion, you know, you get something set up, you know, people message you or something like that. If you want to put that out there, hit you with a friend request of people that have been on here, as well as the way to message you, you can start getting your message out as well as I get something set up, you know, to where they can throw these questions out there, suggestions for you on how to address this stuff. They might even be able to create some points of contact for you to um, address this kind of stuff. That's kind of why I wanted to to bring you on. Just what you wanted to hear, right?
1: Oh, Robert. Robert says, wash your hair and body parts with a gallon of water beside your truck. I've done that. I know
0: you have because we've been in the same shithole part of the world together. At different times, at different places, but figure of speech right there, I
1: guess is a good way to put that one. It's, um, it's a lonely world. Yep.
0: I, I think my, my worst situation of depression, you know, I don't, I don't know how many, I don't know how many of the people that are watching right now, um, or veterans, and you, you being a veteran as well. I mean, I, I did a lot of, um, a lot of deployments. I'll put it that way over my twenty plus years. But I think absolutely, the worst deployment I ever did was uh, Christmas of two thousand two. My son was just a little over a year old. I found out a few days before that that he was taking his first steps, and I had just gotten out of um, ICU in the in the Persian Gulf. wasn't real sure what was going on, and I never felt so alone, and I was surrounded by people that were in my unit. That I, I did for those of you that don't know me, a while, I had thirteen years of active duty, and then I did about eight years in the guard. And the National Guard is a totally different beast than from the active duty. It's more like family because people do their entire careers together. I had already been in that unit for seven years at that point, and these people were family to me. You know, we we went to went to. Um, Graduations, birthday parties, cookouts—people from our unit, you know, for for seven years. People come into town from a, out of town. But my—I think my worst time of ever of depression, and really just like, what am I doing? What? Why am I here? Was that Christmas away from everything and everybody? And wasn't to do just a hole for a while. You know, not to mention the medical side of stuff that was taking its toll. You know, and you're. The people that I was absolutely closest to were half a world away at that time. And I'm not saying that my brothers and sisters that I was deployed with over there weren't close. But, I mean, you, you fully understand where that comes from. And it's, it's even worse in the trucking industry because I've caught myself getting into a funk out here. Like, why, why do I put myself through this? Why, why am I doing this? I can be a with those that I'm closest to. And I'm sure you both do the same thing.
1: I think my worst, if I'm talking about worst depression, of course, you know, we're talking military deployments. Yep. I've done a couple of those. Um, they weren't as bad as some of my brothers have done. Mm-hmm. But, um, I was with a group of guys and uh, watched my daughter be born. Be born. Of course, luckily for us, we had uh, the internet, so it was live. I got to see her right afterwards. But right. you know, you're with a, a huge group of guys and still alone.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, trucking industry, the worst. I believe I had was probably about two years after I started um, by myself trucking alone and went over to Cabbage Patch in about December and through chains. Cause you know, back in our day, chains weren't Option. No. (laughs) It it wasn't an option. We didn't have chains on our truck because they looked good. Uh, They weren't decorative pieces. They weren't shit you carried because the DOT required it. You know, we, we threw chains and went over to Cabbage, which is probably about. 40 miles, 35, 40 miles, maybe.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Chain
1: restriction. I... And uh, anybody that's thrown chains and drove chains, you're driving 10 miles an hour. And uh, threw chains, drove the entire truck mandatory down Cabbage, took chains off called dispatcher and said, hey, uh, I just threw chains. I'm going to take a nap. And he said, you have to be in Portland in three hours. I said, well, the load has to be in Portland in three hours. I ain't going to be in Portland in three hours. He goes, I don't know what you need to do, but you have to be in Portland. So... In the old days we just kept going. Falling asleep, you know, get to Portland and get to the receiver, and the receiver says, Oh, due to the storm we can't unload you until in the morning. Yeah. Well in the in the psyche That is a hard blow to the ego. And now I'm sitting on a receiver who won't take me because I just drove for 12 hours, not to mention the 700 I drove before that. Right. And to me, that was a real low blow to the ego.
0: Oh, it is. It's, it's pathetic. And that's, that's part of the problem too. The way these shippers and receivers. They want to treat drivers. They just they treat you like a piece of meat. Oh well, you know that's why. I know you enjoy what you're doing now, where you know you're responsible to load, and unload your load, and wherever you want to drop it, that's where you're going to get it. If you want it in a certain spot, yeah, you can put it there. My stuff, I roll up the back door and away it goes on or off.
1: Well, you're. Like I told you the other day, you're a special breed, which we call crazy. (laughs) There's a few other
0: guys that are tuned in here right now that are equally as crazy, and I'm going to mention their names right now. Joe Gettings and Andy Irwin. I know how crazy they are.
1: I'll just put it that way. It's Trucking ain't what it used to be at all. I mean, we've done crazy shit. We, And uh, I'll tell anybody listening right now, those who do not know, Jerry Novak is um, probably one of the most looked up to truck drivers I respect. Shit. I wouldn't go that far, but I appreciate Um, it. Not even kidding. If I had a list of truck drivers that I've known in my lifetime, you are top five. Thank you. Sure. Absolutely, 100%. Um, they're probably not looking. Um, Andy Loring is another one that I respect highly. He's a truck driver out of California. He's probably got uh, 80 years trucking. He's old as shit. Um, you Absolutely. Uh, my ex father-in-law who kind of taught me a lot more than I ever could have learned from anybody else. Um, my boy, Victor, who just chimed in is one of my top five. Victor, I know
0: who that is. He's part of the group with us, uh, vets, isn't he? Yes. Better, so man. Victor, thanks for tuning in brother.
1: Uh, I met Victor. <laughs> Funny story. I met Victor in the oil field. We were moving drilling rig. And uh, I'd been there probably about a year moving rigs. And uh, Victor came in and was hauling flatbed. Didn't know a lot about load securement, that kind of thing. And um, you know me. If I don't know you, I just kind of, like, ignore you. <laughs> it's... Can I can
0: I interject something right there? That was just like when I met you face to face. We've been friends on Facebook because of Jesse Benz or somebody like that. How in the world we ever became friends or whatever. Albert Lee Minnesota at the at the uh, at the TA Petro whatever it is now walked up to you and are you Inky Holloway? He kind of had this look of oh crap, is this dude gonna freaking here to shoot me? Who wants to know? You were sitting there with that. I think you were pulling up. We were on a 13-axle setup or something like that, moving windmill deals, and I was sitting out there pulling a 50-ton sled on eight axles. It was kind of humorous. The look on your face was like, yeah, what do you want? Who wants to know? Jeremy jansen we got another bull hauler in here. He's out braving the roads in Montana headed on spring run as well. But anyway, I couldn't resist that when when you brought that up. You know, those of you that don't know me, I had to throw that in there
1: it's that old saying I live by, you know, in this trucking industry, I respect everyone. Yep. But I also, I got to get to know you. Like, I don't give trucking respect to a lot of people, especially nowadays. Exactly. Um, so, Victor Victor walks by, and he's like, hey, and I, was, I just walked right past him. Didn't even acknowledge him. And uh, so, he goes to one of our other buddies and goes, man. And they call me fingers in the oil field because they told me I'd never make a hand. So, they call me <laughs> fingers.
0: That's pretty good.
1: Victor says, that of fingers, man, he's an asshole. And uh, the guy's like, well, you you got to get to know him. And that's just him. He'll, he'll be an asshole. And uh, I was like, and so he come up later and he goes, you know, you're kind of an asshole. I said, well, yeah, get to know me. You'll love me or you'll hate me. One of the two. And uh, me and Victor, we've been top hands, top friends for a long time. That's cool.
0: And everybody's got to have those friends out there. And that
1: kind of goes back to the
0: mental health thing—that somebody that you know you can pick the phone up to. You've got to have that that closeness, that brotherhood. That's that. That's what. That's what'll keep you off that limb of what we we're discussing
1: about mental you know, health as well. You've got I'm to have. I'm I'm going to step away from a minute because, you know, we got family and I got this little dog here. That's all good because I need uh, to
0: do a drop-off here anyway. i got got to get myself ready for tomorrow. Um, if everybody wants to stay kind of in tune with uh, Chrome and Steel, once you get something up and going, I'll start following you on uh, your your adventures and your uh, your program here on deal with mental health within the uh, industry as well as – we'll – I'll make sure as time goes on, once you get some of that, some more of that developed, um, to uh, make sure everybody knows where to find that. If, uh, If you want me to do that, once you get that done.
1: Well, I'd like to close out by saying, if we're gonna close this out, you know. Yep. We're all here in the trucking industry. There's guys who have multiple years behind the wheel. If at any point, You know, you feel that you're in that dark place, by all means. And I tell this to my milepost 22 guys you call me, message me, get a hold of somebody. Suicide is not an option. I don't (laughs) care who you are. A little bit of personal. I was sitting down about 10 years ago drinking a bottle of Jack Daniels. I had a 45 in my hand and I was done. I was done with life. I was done with the shit. I was done with all of it. And a very good friend of mine called me out of the blue. Something hit him. It was like, hey, I'm going to call old Jason and see what he's up to. And uh, he called me at that very moment and said, hey, what you doing? I said, sitting in my rocking chair with a 45 and a bottle of Jack Daniels and I'm fucking done. And he talked me off a ledge where I was. Many, many of vets that I know personally have been on that ledge. If you're a truck driver and you're sitting in some truck stop somewhere and you're on that ledge, by all means, you message me, you call me. I don't care if it's two o'clock in the morning, I'm going to wake up and go, what the fuck do you want? But you call me and you tell me your issues. I'm available 24 seven to every truck driver in the nation. I don't care if you speak Hindu, Arabic, uh, Spanish, no matter who you are, all these guys, Jerry knows me very well. If Jerry had an issue, I know Jerry could call me. Suicide is not your answer the industry go ahead the industry has to know and that is my point i'm am making it my personal goal to teach your dispatcher what you're going through your management team your owner your driver manager your safety guy i will make it a personal goal You guys message me, you guys, whatever you need to do. If you have input and hey, I'm going through this problem. You can message me, you can message Jerry, uh, any of the team. Go to milepost22, hook us up there on Facebook. We'll open it up to, to truck drivers um suicide is not your option all you're doing is leaving your issues for somebody else
0: that's exactly it that's exactly what Robert said it doesn't it doesn't cure the pain it moves it to somebody else and I've seen it too many times myself the um the, the pain and it causes depression and the one that gets the ones that get left behind as well so I mean it I, I, I've seen it too many times myself people that we're the, we're the survivor, if you of family members or close friends that have taken their own life. And I mean, it, it takes a toll on, on somebody else. When you, when you see how it affects them years later, it's still, it never gets, you never get over that pain. I'll put it that way.
1: Well, like I said, you know, suicide is taboo. Mm -hmm. Um, for those of us who are spiritual, follow God, you know, suicide is never an option. Nope. You know, they they talk about that. But it's there. It's it's a reality. And it needs to be addressed. I know you got to go do your thing. Yeah, I don't. I don't mean to cut you short, sitting there. So, this is my main point of where I want to take this. If you're a truck driver and you call your dispatcher, and this is this is where I want to take it to the industry. If you're a truck driver and you call your your dispatcher and say, hey, you know, my mental health is not to par. I don't feel I can drive. I don't feel I should be on the road. And your dispatcher says, well, your load's got to be there. And you're like, well, screw it. And you go down the road and wipe a family out because you're in a mental state where you're not to par, that company is responsible a hundred percent. And that's what I want to teach companies. Or if you know, you've know you been on the road for three months and a hundred miles from home and get sent on another load and something happens, That company should have known, A, my driver's been out for three months. My driver's 100 miles from home. I got to get that driver home. And that's where the industry needs to come alive and the understanding where our mental health is way more important than their load. Mm Mm-hmm. The old, you know, the old, when me and you were trucking, and uh, I had a very good, very good driver instructor who taught me that I'm the captain of the ship. That is my rig, my load. I say when my load's going to get there. Nowadays, that's not the way it is. And that's what we need to address, and that's what we need to change. Mm-hmm. The uh so ELDs went into effect one year ago today. Mandatory. We saw a was it sixty percent increase? Sixty or eighty I think I just saw. Was it eighty percent? It, it's a stupid increase in trucking related accidents. Because of a computer, not because somebody is allowed to do what they need to do as a truck driver because a computer tells them what they need to do. Some guy sitting in an office told them what to do.
0: Or a regulation that's written by people that don't even understand the industry what a day's, what a day's, What, what a day's work is what we deal with out here. Yeah. That, that's what gets me organizations that are self-proclaimed uh, representatives of the, of the industry. And they don't represent anything but big business under the
1: guise yep. of a working organization or organization. Uh, you know, I used to be a big uh, sponsor of Elida. OIDA was one of the number one fighters for the ELD. Against, no, against, against ELD. Now, go look at OIDA's sponsorship on ELD production
0: mm-hmm.
1: and see what those numbers are. Where EL, Where OIDA? Your owner-operator independent driving authority, stands with the ELD community. Do you know why? Because those big businesses put all that money into OIDA to get their sponsorship. Yep. There's big money to be made. Oh, yes. And that big money, that big money is costing you truck drivers your lives. Yep.
0: So, all right, well, I'm going to uh, get signed off here. I got to get a little bit of rest. We'll, uh, we'll pick this up again in a couple of weeks. Maybe you can uh, have some more information We can uh, where people can uh, check things out.
1: Bring, just... bring me on. Uh, I appreciate Carlton Steele for the time. I appreciate Jerry Novak taking his time out as from his family and all the bull hauling he does and the bullshit he spreads.
0: I, I do spread a lot of that. That's for sure. You can ask anybody that knows me that's uh,
1: following this deal. So And uh, Mad love to you, Jerry. I love you a lot. You're a good br- friend of mine, a very close friend, a good brother. Thanks a lot. I, r- Thank
0: I appreciate you, you
1: having yeah. me on. Yep. And anytime that Kermit Steele wants to have this discussion about driver, the mental awareness of drivers and the suicide rate hey, among man. drivers. Yep. We need to be there for each other. That's the big thing. That's the big
0: thing. You know, like somebody had said back earlier in the comments, you see a guy sitting there all by himself. in the, Not necessarily in the corner, but somebody just looks like they're way out there when they're sitting in the, in the restaurant, the diner, whatever. Not necessarily the guy that's sitting back in the corner because it might be that person. that I might be that person sitting in the back corner. Because that's where I like to go sit because I don't want to be bothered. I'm in my own thoughts. I like to sit back and watch what's going on. But if you see somebody that looks like they're really struggling, you know, like I always say on my personal post, those of you that follow me, um, you know, take a minute, give somebody your smile. It doesn't cost you anything. Hold a door for somebody, just acknowledge them as being a human being and say, hey, have a good day. Or just something like that. Yeah. Just taking a second to hold a door can make a difference in somebody's whole day. Look them in the eye. Don't be afraid to do it. You know, a lot of people, they're going to look the other way, but you'd be surprised looking somebody in the eye and just smiling. How much better do oh, yeah. you make them feel, but you'll make yourself feel better. So, I mean, that, that's what I found. That's that's kind of one of my secrets. It's like, well, you know what? I'm not the most – I am not the most joyous person to be around most of the time. You sure you felt know? like the most attractive. Why, thank you very much. There are some people that would say contrary to that there, Scooter. So, okay. (laughs) But anyway, on that note, we're going to sign off. Um, Thanks a lot, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, We'll be back next Monday night, maybe the elusive one. Tyler will join me. I'm not real sure what his schedule is. I know he's super busy. He'll be attending the National FFA Convention kind of. One of those deals, he's really wrapped up in his senior year and all that kind of good stuff. But I do need to get him back on here. Jeremy needs to talk to him anyway and talk some sense into him because it's not working for me. So, but anyway, y'all have a good night. Thanks for tuning in. God bless, and I'll uh, be talking to you after a while. All right. Appreciate it, brother. Love you, brother. Yep, love you too. We'll see y'all.